Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Surviving Sister Wives contains adult content that may not be suitable for Latter-day Saints or sinners. Listener discretion is advised. Hello and welcome to Surviving Sister Wives, the podcast where a monogamous couple drink heavily while recapping Sister Wives on TLC. I'm Corey. And I'm Carly. And this is Season 16, Episode 10. The beginning of the end. I don't know about the beginning of the end. This seemed like the end of the end for some stuff. (laughs) Was this the finale? I'm confused. It seems like it. They just didn't promote it in any of their social posts as being the finale episode. And I don't know if that's because they're going to tout the tell-all as like the official season finale. Is it a mid-season break? Oh, we can only wish. We're going to do a couple of tell-all episodes here for the next two weeks, and then we have the Super Bowl. Taking a little break from your regularly scheduled programming of Sister Wives? I don't know. All I know is we need some kind of special if they're going to wait another six months to a year to bring the show back. Just tell us all the shit that happened in between, and then get us closer to the actual time that we are living in. Modern times, please. Yeah, especially leaving off on such a cliffhanger with Janelle's (laughs) storyline. What was that about? They just started giving her a storyline for the episode and never finished it. It was intentional. (laughs) It appeared to be. I didn't appreciate it. Didn't like it. Wondering, did they maybe give just a certain number of billable hours to the editors and they ran out and this was the end? It was the beginning of the end of the post-production budget. All right, tell us what we saw in this episode, according to TLC. Well, the TLC description for this one is, After a family gathering, the Brown family has their first COVID exposure. A conversation with Cody is the last straw for Christine, and when he returns to her house, he finds his belongings in the garage. You know what I really wish? That they hadn't spilled the beans that the nanny was the point of COVID exposure. Oh, we all would have guessed that was the point of exposure. But they could have framed it if they were cutting the previews like married at first sight. They would have made it look like it was Christine's kids or Janelle's kids. Well, Gabe and Garrison have COVID. Yeah, they got it from the nanny, though. But they could have used that to make us think that it was Gabe and Garrison. Right. Yes. I'm just saying this could have been a real moment. It could have been a Alana is real moment, all a 90 day fiance. Yeah, but then you'd have... Otherwise, you lose trust on what the previews are actually showing you. <laughs> okay. They were, they were kind of starting to do that this season, though, with the tell-all, too. Because Janelle's some of Janelle's comments were taken out of context for next week's one-on-one. Oh, yeah, I saw the people are raging about that already. I really think she's talking about Mary. I think that it would make sense to have her talking about Mary. I'm really hoping that the tell-all, because the first half of it is called one-on-one. And it is called part one on the TLC schedule. 
So I'm hoping part two is them on the couch together and maybe Christine off to the side in her own little armchair. One on four on one. (laughs) We don't get weird. Yeah. Don't get it wrong. Don't get it twisted. Mary stays off to the side too. So it'd be like one on three on one on one. (laughs) All right. And we're getting into some weird math here, but I have to say, I am upset that they cut us off 10 episodes in when they're finally building drama. We had to sit through 14 episodes from season 14, which was garbage, mind you. They just moved from house to rental to rental to house. That's all they did for a whole season. Absolute trash, I will tell you. That was where we came in as a podcast. And we get 10 episodes this season. Now that we actually have something, it's like, you can stretch these ones out, guys. You stretched out no storyline into 14 episodes. Please take some time and dive in on some of this stuff. There's a lot of potential. So I'm still a little upset about it. So let's go ahead and get started. I got plenty more to rant about. But first, let's hear Carly's episode rewrite description. Ari demands a super spreader event for her birthday. Mary decides she's not a spitter. Cody loses at Christine's game. Janelle ends the season on a cliffhanger. It's the cliffhanger. (laughs) (laughs) But of course Mary's not a spitter. (laughs) She prefers to just take it right up the nose. Okay, before we get into the episode, we have a voicemail from one of our legal wives on Patreon. Hey there, legal wife Danny here. Have a good question, but I also just wanted to complain for a second because sometimes I like to scroll on TikTok And all these people are coming out, like, going crazy, like, oh, I just fell onto Sister Wife, crazy TikTok, blah, 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 blah. I'm so worried. No, I've been worried for how many seasons and you're just jumping into this. Carry the load on your shoulders for years. Then talk to me. Anyways, here's my question. What kind of genre? What music? What was the playlist Christine was blasting while packing up Cody's shit? Love you guys. Uh, Thank you for everything. Bye. Thank you for that excellent voicemail, Danny. Really appreciate you taking the time to leave us a voicemail. TikTok bandwagoners aside. Because again, reminder, we're all in this together. We're all trying to experience this and process this the same way. But yeah, I understand some people are a little bit later to the game. They don't really understand all the nuances, the subtleties. But it's our job as the viewing audience who's been here and seen it all. I haven't even seen it all yet. Carly, you're you're still teaching me the ways of how things are going here. So it's kind of our job to, to teach everybody. Yes, it's been a long-going thing. It's an ongoing problem in the family. It's not going anywhere. It's not getting any better. They're going to start dropping like flies. That's why we're still watching. And we had a lot of fun coming up with a packing list for Christine. Yeah, don't call it a breakup list. It's just a packing list. <laughs> So instead of going through the playlist and telling you song by song, because yes, we did make an entire Spotify playlist for you to listen to. (laughs) It's 15 songs. It's just about 53 minutes long. You're welcome. So you can check that out. There's a link in the show notes of this episode. And if you have additional song ideas, tell us about them on Discord. If you're on there chatting with us from Patreon or tweet them at surviving underscore pod. Shall we? Yeah, I guess we'll jump right in. It is early January. Mary is still wandering the neighborhood alone. Looks like that hasn't changed. Christine's kind of shoveling. Yeah, she was shoveling one patch of snow. The rest of the sidewalk completely clear. It was already mostly cleared, too. It was a little scrapey scrapies here and there. Not so much shoveling. They needed some B-roll. They are like, just... Do some type of outdoor action. They told her that Robin was weed whacking a few episodes ago. So she's like, okay, (laughs) I see where I see where we're at now. Luckily, Cody left this shovel from the back of his truck. So I'll just pick this up and use it. Thankfully. (laughs) But yeah, it's early January. Everybody's been quarantined, COVID careful for Christmas. So we were able to get together. And Ari has demanded, that's the word they use, that the entire family come over to celebrate her birthday party. So apparently now that's okay and not breaking the rules. That's not breaking the rules because they were already quarantined for Christmas. So we might as well get together again as long as everybody's still doing the same protocols. So let's just have everybody go take a test. Go take a test and then come on over for some cake. Oh, yes, because we've discovered the Marvel 
That is the COVID rapid test. Have you heard about these rapid tests? <laughs> you don't even have to be sick to take them. Cut to Christine and her girls, and they are struggling to stick the little COVID swab up their noses, and it's not going well. <laughs> Isabel is like gagging and sneezing and coughing, and it's like, well, if you have COVID, everybody has it now. <laughs> Through the testing process alone. Everyone has tested, according to Robin. So she's real happy about this birthday party plan. So it's Ari's birthday. Everyone's over, maskless, interacting, all up in each other's personal space. Cody's just glad that Ari is finally getting the attention that she really needs and deserves. She has her whole family around her because she's the child most in need. Oh, but don't let that sweet, sweet moment take it away from you here. He's still upset about the older kids disrespecting him on his management of COVID or lack thereof within the family here. He's going to hold it against them. So now he's decided his only obligation is to Robin's kids, which is the subtext because he says minor children, but let's be real. He barely sees truly and everyone forgets about Savannah. Yeah, poor Savannah. She gets the dirtiest deal here, I think, by far. He really does. And, you know, Isabel's close enough to being 18, so he doesn't worry about her either. Yeah, she's out of here. Plus, you know, she had the nerve to go get that back surgery at an inconvenient time. So he's written her off the list, too. Too risky. But Gabe and Garrison, though, they've been coming at him. and He doesn't like it. They've been speaking the truth. They ruined Cody's Christmas. If we're being honest, that's just something that happened. So thank God he has this new family gathering where he can be the center of attention. I thought he was feeling bad about the funeral because Janelle's mom passed away like 10 days before Christmas. I thought it was just 2020 feelings in general and the funeral. Isn't that what he chalked it up to last episode? One episode ago? Talking about how he was bummed out. He was having a blue Christmas. Yeah, he's having a blue Christmas because he feels bad for himself and all the betrayal that he's had to live through in the past year. Well, he didn't even mention that. And now it's their fault because, yeah, he already forgot about why he was actually feeling that way. He's upset about this, so that's why his Christmas was ruined. So Cody's busy being the master of ceremonies of this birthday party. He's presenting Ari with her cake. He is front and center making a speech before they have what appears to be some form of milkshake toast. Very watery milkshake. Oh, some busted ass milkshakes. Did you see the giant gingerbread house that was in the background? Yeah, that was pretty ornate. That was impressive. Did someone in that house build that? Probably the nanny. I don't know where she finds the time between the schooling, the learning, the teaching. You're right. It wasn't Robin. The child rearing. <laughs> Maybe it's another one of the things that Mary's been building in the house alone in quarantine. Yeah, it was actually Rice Krispies on the inside and then she just covered it in gingerbread. It's a special treat for Cody. And what about that deer painting that was on the wall in the living room? Yeah, that was pretty interesting. Too. The framing was very terrible. Whoever set up the tripod that had the camera facing Ari, so... There was a lot of time to look at the decor in the living room. Well, for me, yeah, because I was like, okay, I understand. Not everybody understands the concept of image composition. But I guess the reasoning was Ari needs to be dead center in the frame. That was the goal. But you had a whole table of people. They're not important. And they are not in the shot at all. You have half of the frame is just an empty living room. Nobody's over there. Everybody's at the table. Just put it a little bit on an angle. It won't be so flat. Anyway, we got to see that deer painting that looks like the woods are ablaze. Maybe Mary did that painting after her close encounter from season 14 with the brush fires. You think that was the great Flagstaff brush fire of 2019? The That she was going to have to smother with LuLaRoe leggings. Yes, potentially. All it did was spread the fire. Too much spandex, too much latex. Just too much rayon. Black smoke. <laughs> Just knocks you right out. That's why that deer had to emerge from it. Right. It was a little odd. thought the placement was strange. But anyway. at least it's not a pencil drawing of an imaginary uh, timeline. Yes, thank God. That was on the other side of the hallway, so it was not viewable in this shot. They're all doing this thing that apparently is a tradition, which I don't seem to recall from any of the other birthday parties that we've seen so far. Yeah, I guess they didn't televise those. Where everyone in the family goes around and makes a little speech for the birthday girl or boy, or whatever you identify as. Right. 
Because gender is a social, a social construct. construct. Right. But these milkshakes are not a dairy construct. It is. The, these are water-based. They have to be. They look terrible. Do you think <laughs> water-based? They, they're water-soluble. Do you think that Robin used almond milk? Soy milk? Oh, man. You yeah. know she doesn't have regular milk in that house. Yeah, she can't have whole milk up in there. Lactose intolerant. Man, yeah. So they're taking turns doing toasts and sipping on these these milk slushies. Mary made sure to bring her own drink with her. Yeah, she's like, I'm I'm good. <laughs> Janelle and Christine, too, they're like, we, we got some plexus around here somewhere, probably. Got some green drink. I'll be fine with that. Do you remember Truly's quarantine birthday party? The piñata, yes. Mm-hmm. Yep, that's the one where... Cody sat on his phone in the corner the entire time and then complained about the lack of candy in the pinata. Good times. Yeah, I think he was supposed to fill the pinata and he didn't. So that was something else that Christine had to do to cover for him. It's just so shitty to see the way he fawned over Ari and how they were making this so much about her. And it's so great. Such a big birthday party. And then thinking about the way some of the other kids have been treated. I'll say he was doting. Because especially with his toast, it was very deliberately driven. And when we first started off, I was like, oh, I thought this is going to be some shit. I thought he was just touting her because she's one of Robin's kids who obeys the rules, even though she's five years old and doesn't even understand the concept of what's going on in the family. Doesn't understand COVID. Definitely doesn't understand COVID. But it turns out she's just, her role is the social lubricant of the family, as Cody says. (laughs) That was disgusting. Yeah, I don't think you should ever refer to your children as any form of lubricant. No, yeah, no type of lubricant is acceptable. You know, for a man who does not want to be intimate with the majority of his wives at this point, he certainly is applying a lot of sexual words. Well, he's really taking it to the nuts edge, if that's what you're saying, as he would say. The best part of this birthday party was the footage of Janelle pointing out that Robin has adult kids in her house, too. Oh, yeah, she finally came around and said it. And that's good. It needed to be said. You know, Cody's ready to kick her kids out of the house, but Robin does have children of the same age in her home, and that's not lost on Janelle at this point. Right, and she has to remind Cody that that's still a thing, because Cody made it abundantly clear he has an obligation to his minor children, mostly just the ones in Robin's house. Again, he kind of glossed over the fact that truly Isabel and Savannah are also children under the age of 18, but he also made an emphasis... Not only minor children, but also the children who are loyal to him. That's who he has an obligation to. That's the new litmus test for this family. Are you loyal or not? You can fuck off if you're not. Take your COVID test (laughs) and come drink your watery ass milkshake. The birthday party went well. So (laughs) that's making Robin hopeful for the future. You know, this whole testing thing could work great. We can start socializing on a regular basis again. Yay. And then we get Robin with some self-shot footage that begins with a very heavy sigh. And we find out that the day after Ari's birthday party, the nanny called her to let her know that both she and her husband had tested positive for COVID. The nanny slash tutor slash child care provider slash gingerbread architect (laughs) is testing positive along with her husband. And then this sends Robin into a whole tirade where she gets, oh, so close to understanding the point. She still just missed it. She doesn't have enough going on up there to compute it fully. The issue is she is upset that everyone got together. Man, if we just hadn't done that, we would only have to worry about where Cody went, which obviously would have been nowhere because he only stays at Robin's house at this point. But she doesn't for a second, get to the point of realizing that maybe it wasn't the best idea to have a nanny coming in and out of her house on a regular basis. That's what it comes down to. The regret that she has is getting the family together for Ari's birthday because now they could all have COVID. But there is just that, oh, so close. She was just right right on the nuts edge there (laughs) where you could have not had a nanny, a stranger in your house adding additional risk to the rest of the family. Now you're the cause of all the problems. So that's nice. That's good. That's great. Cody doesn't get it. How could the nanny get exposed to COVID when she has been following his rules? 
They are foolproof. Well, she's the basis of our rules. So if she got it, this is crazy. No now, one is safe. Nobody's safe. Yeah, we're all at risk now. The system is in question. I also cannot understand why they are so perplexed by this. It is right after the holidays. Did the nanny not see her family for the holidays? That's a mystery. I mean, some people did make that choice in 2020. The Browns did get together. So maybe the nanny got together and saw some family or friends and was exposed to COVID. It's not that crazy. So then this is where Robin starts sowing the seeds. She's planting the idea of, oh, no, we can't do this anymore. It's not safe to get together at all with anybody ever. Right. The risk of getting together is too big. The risk of having a nanny, that's okay. That I can live with. And now, you know, the nanny's immune. So there's no reason to not have her come over. I'm going to call her tomorrow. Yeah, as soon as she fixes up this, uh, clears this 10-day quarantine. There's no way Robin's giving that up. You still got a, a little cough? That's okay. That's all right. Come on by. Ari won't go to sleep. So please do something. Stand outside the window. Maybe you can read her a book from out there. Did you like the part where Robin's trying to validate that Cody was right to think that this is all just too hard and too dangerous? We shouldn't even get together? How does that validate Cody? She's got to say that. She's obligated to say that. <laughs> okay. That must be it. Because I don't understand that train of logic well this is good for robin because now they can't get together because it's too risky and she's been following all the rules so she's still the good girl so now all she's got to do is reinforce to cody you're absolutely right cody your ideas are right this is all too risky we should have kept doing what we were doing they talked us into doing something different look what we did we got together now we all could have covid you're such a genius just fanning those flames of the ego fire that the deer is climbing out of <laughs> on the painting there. It's all symbolism. Now Cody is filming in the car because his entire family, meaning Robin's family, is going to get tested for COVID. They haven't had any symptoms that have come up yet, but ours is not looking so hot in the backseat. First of all. Yeah, maybe, maybe it's before noon. Yeah, maybe it's before the time she wakes up every morning and Robin too. But she's also... A little off kilter. Do you notice she was leaning pretty hard to the right? A little wobbly back there. Man, Aurora's looking thrilled because she has to park right next to her and help her with her test. So that'll be great. And Saul's just kind of dead inside in his own way. Cody's trying to convince them all that this is fun and exciting, I guess, for the camera. It seems like Cody's still in season one, two mode with Robin's kids and family where he interacts and where it's still fun and pretend for the cameras again for the show where they put on the front where things are great it's that glossy veneer but it's completely fake you think it's because it's easier to get the kids to play along when they're little probably because the kids don't know any better yeah they don't really get what's going on fully they don't know they're being manipulated that's the root of it i don't know how else you can make a covid19 drive through test fun but he didn't really have any ideas to begin with he's just filming himself and asking them what they're doing there. They don't know. They're in the backseat of the car. You brought me here. What do you want from me? Robin's feeling bad for herself that the exposure came from her house because it really would have been a lot better for her if it had happened to come from Christine or Janelle's houses. And Christine says what we were all thinking, that it's a little evil. But she laughed when she found out that the nanny was the one who exposed them. And Janelle found it rather ironic. Yeah, Christine had to keep emphasizing, oh, I know, the nanny must feel horrible. She must. I, you have to. It, she probably feels terrible, but you got to think. It's a little funny. It's <laughs> You kind of you have to laugh at it a little bit. Come on. Cody had to know that, too, after all the shit he gave everyone about how they were treating the rules and the fact that he wanted to be so much stricter than the CDC guidelines for this to happen is just a real chef's kiss to the season. Now, Cody and Robin are rolling up to the drive through testing here. They're ordering six tests for the whole van full of them here. So that means we can only see Cody and Robin in the front, Saul, Ari, and Aurora in the back. So somebody's in the third row? You mentioned camera? hand this to Brianna. So, so she's Brianna. in the back. So where's Dayton? Don't know. I guess Dayton's immune to COVID. Where is Dayton <laughs> is what I want to know. So that's the question that needs to be answered. Just exempt from tests now, I suppose. 
Maybe he's in another car behind them. Yeah, don't maybe know. He could have tested separately. I don't he's know. Like, I can't sit in this line with with you guys for this long. He's like, I'm not going to the spit test. <laughs> That's gross, guys. And this saliva thing, that is, what was the deal there? I hadn't seen those until recently, so. I don't think, yeah, this was news to me. I knew all about the swab one where they go up the nose, but I didn't know that people were spitting in this quantity for tests. Like you're taking an ancestry DNA test. (laughs) (laughs) It seems like the easier option, but it does not go well. Yeah, you know this was a Robin request, though. This had to be. She can't have her children going through the discomfort of a nose swab test. (laughs) Oh, yes. There's no way. She looked up where she could go that did not have the nose swab. They probably drove three hours away (laughs) so they could go to this place. So they're spitting into this vial. And, of course, Cody is such a dumbass that... There's a little straw you have to spit into to make sure you get it directly into the vial. They get you all set up there. But then he starts sipping the spit back up through the straw like he is drinking a tiny frappuccino or something. (laughs) And he has to start all over again while cars pile up behind them. Yeah, good thing it wasn't a venti. (laughs) They're clearly taking too long also because they're trying to flag them to keep moving. And Robin's like, we got kids in the car. It's like, Robin, not everybody uses that as an excuse for everything in life. Please be patient with me. He's only 240 months old. <laughs> I'm a single mother. I mean, I'm a newlywed mother. I'm trying to do my best. <laughs> also, the kids were not the ones having a problem. <laughs> no, it was Cody. It was your 50-year-old husband. Your 600-month-old husband. <laughs> Moral of the story is Cody slurped up some of his spit and he deserved every drop of that. I just spit my water all over myself. (laughs) It's fitting. Yeah, it fits. Not any better. (laughs) No judgment. Mary tells us about how she has had the experience of both the swab up your nose test and the spit in the vial test. And she has decided that she's not a spitter. Never has been, never will be. That will never be her choice. She'll go the lobotomy route before she has to start spitting. She's she's leaning into the Q-tip. She's hoping, please just swipe something up there so I stop caring about all this stupid shit. Just turn it off. They're probably never getting back together to do anything ever again. Both Christine and Janelle are pretty sure of that. And maybe that's not the worst thing in the world. Because Christine would rather not spend time around Cody. She had a really hard time at Ari's birthday party watching him interact with the other wives. You know, except for Mary. She's not a wife anymore. And even her kids have told her that Cody is different when she is not around. So at this point, things are just super uncomfortable. They're not getting along. That's an understatement. And it's hard to even be in each other's presence. But Christine overall is just thankful, like we said, that one of her kids was not the point of exposure because then she'd never hear the end of it from Cody. And Janelle's the same thing. She's worried that this is going to mean... Okay, we're never allowed to see each other anymore. But honestly, like you said, I don't think much of a loss here at this point. Honestly, I'm surprised that Cody did not find some way to ultimately blame them for having infected the nanny. Maybe they crossed paths with her in the driveway closer than six feet. They weren't following the protocols. He would have made the stretch if he could have. Don't give him the chance. Don't do it. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. 
now the episode gets hard to watch, but also very satisfying at the same time because it is what we have all been waiting for. Christine has given us some freaking real talk. She's self-filming and she's starting to spill the tea about what the real situation is with her relationship with Cody. Right. We're getting the heart to heart moment here. And she kind of starts because she has to talk herself into starting this conversation. So she's kind of gearing herself up, ramping herself up a little bit here. But then she starts in with this story where she's like, okay, listen, last week we finished putting in a door to the loft slash working area slash office slash bedroom where Christine does her business. Right. Because as a reminder, while Robin lives in her seven bedroom Shira Chateau up on the hill overlooking Coyote Pass, Christine lives in a house that does not actually have enough bedrooms for the number of people living there. So she had taken the loft area upstairs when they moved in, which is kind of like a living room, but they're using it as a bedroom and then also like her LuLaRoe staging area. Yeah, and there's like stairs that go up, but it's it's open. So it's an open walkway there. There's not much privacy at all because there is no door. So then they were going through this process of putting in a door for that space. And the whole time, Cody keeps going on and on about how important it is to have this door because they've got to keep Christine's cat out of the office. Got to keep the cat away from all of her LuLaRoe clothes. Is very important, top priority, just to be clear, the only reason why we're installing this door. Because then that's when Christine has to take a moment. Is it really about the cat or could it also be about privacy and intimacy? Maybe that could be a reason. No, he, he overplayed his hand. The lady doth protest too much. He kept going on about the cat. And so now she is questioning, just to be clear, I'm going to force you to say it. The door has nothing to do with us having privacy in our bedroom. Well, leave it to Christine to know that a conversation about a cat is really talking about some pussy. (laughs) That's right. Our freaky bitch is over it. She is not dealing with this lack of intimacy anymore. So finally, Cody tells her, look, we're done with that part of our marriage. I am not interested in any type of romantic, intimate. Intimate? Into mint chocolate chip? You know what? I would enjoy a marriage where mints were left on my pillow. Intimates. Maybe more than an intimate marriage. Oh. Oh, my. (laughs) There you go. Left a tip for you. Well, there we go. Maybe I'll leave a tip for you. (laughs) (laughs) But then Cody starts going in on a couple more reasons why he has no interest in being intimate with Christine anymore. I don't like your behavior. We'll see if you can be a good sister wife before we approach that topic again anytime soon. That's where this gets really fucked up, right? Because, look, nobody is obligated, there's that word again, to have sex with you just because you're in a relationship, committed relationship, married, whatever. But he is withholding intimacy from her as a punishment. This is a form of abuse, He's not outright saying that, but that is what's happening. Christine that is read- what he said. Oh, yeah. Well, he doesn't see it that way. But he told her it's because of her behavior. Well, he didn't say it's because of your behavior. He said, I don't like your behavior. We'll see if you can be a good sister wife moving forward. It's the same thing. It's mincing words. Ah, it is mincing words. But for Cody, he didn't say that because then that becomes his out. Very shortly. Right. This is this is narc behavior at its finest. And I don't like to use that word and throw it around, especially when we're talking about people on a reality TV show. But it's becoming very obvious that something is very unhealthy about the way that Cody approaches the world and his relationships. So this is where Christine was able to read between the lines. She hears what Cody's saying. She knows what that means. And that's not enough for her. No, and she's also got the example of Mary. Good Lord. <laughs> Which, in if you ask me, is where Cody messed up. Because he thought he could copy and paste what he did with Mary and apply it to Christine. And it didn't work. Well, yeah, you can't treat those situations the same. Different personalities. Very different personalities. Very different situations in which 
your relationship got into the shit spot that it is currently. Then he tries to justify it further by telling her that he knows lots of people who have marriages like that. No romance. Like, yeah, probably three of your four marriages. (laughs) Right. Yours don't count, Cody. Your other ones don't count. These have to be other people. (laughs) But I get the feeling that there's probably a couple few in the community of plural marriage that would fall into this category. Hell, monogamous people too. Come on. Yeah, but let's not act like that's a healthy thing to do. It's not. Christine's not into it. She also points out, so he gets to have an intimate marriage with his other wives, but not with me. And what? I get nothing for the rest of my life? That's the deal. Till death do us part. That's one of the things that people have always said from the start of the show, that it's about sex, that it's unfair that Cody has all of these options available to him. And when something like this happens, the inequity there, it's hard to argue with, right? Well, look, and this has been long standing too, because even going back to their anniversary from last season, Christine's pointing out they came home and they just went to sleep. She knows and she has known for a long time, Cody's just not attracted to her. He said it before. The intimacy is over, but she's not going to just be okay with that. I also thought it was sad that she was like, well, I knew because at our anniversary, we just went to sleep. And it made me think, so there must be very few occasions in which any form of intimacy in the bedroom is expected in their relationship. They're on the anniversary birthday schedule. (laughs) (laughs) And then she didn't even get it on the anniversary. So she was like, oof, this will not do. (laughs) Because you can't take sex off the table when it comes to our freaky bed. No. Especially not the table. No. The table, the kitchen, the bedroom, the living room. All the surfaces are fair game. The LuLaRoe storage area loft den. It's all fair game. So she's been deciding what she's going to do. And she's not okay with the no intimacy thing. So she's got some news for Cody. Shockingly, Cody was actually visiting the girls. And on his way out of the backyard, because he didn't go into the house... Which again was like, what an asshole. Christine pulls him aside for a little talk. Yeah, we get to hear some of Cody's take on this because now the perspective has changed. It was Christine telling this story about how they got to this point. And now we just have Cody's reaction to it, which calls into question maybe some of the timeline here too. Because it didn't look like early January when Cody was self-filming here on the reaction here. It looked like it may have been end of the year, maybe October September, October? You think so? Around Isabel's surgery? Late summer? I don't know if I'm willing to go that far. Maybe not late summer. I'd have to watch it again. How about October, November? Can we guess it in there? Probably not December. I don't know. We saw Robin come to Janelle's for that drive-by and they sat outside in the winter. And they needed a fire to get them going. (laughs) And even then it was too cold. It only lasted for five minutes. But first we get a ton of flashback footage where we see years of footage where Cody... And Christine are fighting. They're acknowledging they have serious problems. This has been going on for roughly 12 years. That's a long ass time. And also coincidentally, just about around the time that Robin showed up. We get the flashback saga of Christine's outward vocal unhappiness. And those clips started in 2014. And she waited a while before she started vocalizing a lot of that. Or before they started showing it on the show, at least. There were little things like you remember the episode where they installed the wrestling mats in Christine's garage because they don't have room for them in Janelle's. And she tries to cut a deal with Cody that he needs to spend more time at her house in exchange for allowing him to use the garage for the wrestling mats. Or like the first episode in the first season when Christine was like, seems like Robin's just trying to move in to take Cody and all of his attention and stuff. And that makes me a little uncomfortable. I'm worried about that. Or what about the anniversary, I forget what year it was, where she asked to go to therapy. That was her anniversary request. So this has been a long time coming. It's not like he should be perplexed as to what Christine's complaints are about their marriage. He just does not care to fix them, much in the way he has not cared to fix his issues with Mary. So this is where, snap back to reality, as Janelle's playlist would say, Christine tells Cody, look, I don't want you staying in my room anymore. So you can still come over to the house. You can spend time with the girls. But if you do, you're not staying here. You're not sleeping in my bed. 
My room is a special place and nothing special happens between us there. So get the fuck out. This is where Cody tries to turn the tables here and blame Christine, saying that she murdered their intimacy. And I'm really curious as to where he is staking this claim. On what grounds, sir? She betrayed him, in case you didn't know. And it took him a while to get there, but the betrayal was that she is telling everyone that she wants to leave him, which is where I have some suspicions about the timeline. I don't think anyone is telling Cody about this. I think that Cody has seen at this point the season 15 trailer that ends with Christine crying on Mary's shoulder and telling her, I can't do this anymore. I can't do marriage with Cody anymore. Interesting, because that came out in January. Yeah, I looked it up before. It was January 22nd, 2021 that was released. So maybe that was part of the move out discussion, but I feel like this discussion, kicking Cody out of her bed, I feel like that happened a while ago before the holidays. Maybe. That's just me speculating. I don't know. I don't know. I'm just saying I think that he is using the betrayal of her telling everyone that she wants to leave him, that that is actually derived from the trailer. Oh, I could see Mary telling him that, trying to get on his good side. She's trying to win brownie points. I don't know. She's trying to get some brownie batter points. (laughs) I don't know. He doesn't spend enough time with Mary. As we know, he keeps saying he needs to call her, but then he never does. Keeps meaning to. Man, I got to get around to that. And there's no way that Christine would tell something that personal to Robin. So really, the only person, aside from maybe kids who would be concerned, would be Janelle. But she's also on his shit list. So why would she want to get involved in one of his other marriages? Right. So basically, this just leaves Cody dumbfounded. But why is he surprised? Their marriage has been crap for a long time. He doesn't know how to interpret this decision that's being made. But he says, okay, all right, that's fine. Shocked, but not surprised. But he still doesn't know what to think. Today is the day everyone's test has come back and the entire family is negative. So Robin is relieved that God's got her back again and she's ready to lock the doors and kick everyone out of her house. Now, when she says her family, does she mean the extended family too, involving Christine and her kids, Janelle and her kids, Mary? Impossible to know. Or does she just talk about her family unit? And imagine how long it took to explain to Robin that a negative COVID test is actually a good thing. (laughs) It's good that it was negative, but I guess that just means we'll have to be extra careful in the future, but we're still calling the nanny. As soon as that quarantine's up, we're calling her. Well, we have our first event that we are going to RSVP no to, and it is McKelty's baby shower. Excellent timing. (laughs) Christine and the girls are on another vacation, traveling to St. George to be with her to celebrate. And they try to make the party as COVID-friendly as possible. It is outside. I saw almost everyone wearing masks. Maybe the people who weren't were eating. It did look like some people were, I was going to say, having some tacos, but I don't know what Maybe it could have been tacos. Yeah. There were a few people who were walking around when they had some masks dangling. But again, it's open air. It's outside. Okay, you're making an effort here. We have these things called rapid COVID tests. Maybe you heard of them. I guess I didn't understand why nobody in the family came. That was kind of crappy. Yeah, it was kind of a bummer. It was basically just Christine and her daughters, her girls, who were able to to go. Because you know Janelle can't make that trip. She would never hear the end of it. Yeah, Cody was complaining a couple episodes ago about cliques forming in the family. And it's like, well, what are you doing, man? You're not really facilitating a, a huge open bond between everybody at this point in time either. No, he picked his clique too. Right. Now he's upset that the kids, most of the adult children, who Christine spent the majority of her young adulthood raising and caring for, are now siding with Christine in a lot of this. Because Cody's a douche. (laughs) That's what this is all about in the end. He's jealous that the older kids like Christine and they don't like him. Yes, exactly. It's a popularity contest. But he doesn't do anything to maintain a relationship with his older children while Christine goes out of her way to make sure she still sees everyone and stays up on what's going on in their lives. Correct. They should just love him and show him their unabiding, unwavering loyalty. That's it. Shower him with attention, affection. Tell him he's the best, the greatest, the smartest of all time. Here's a fun speculation. Do you think Ari is going to continue to do that? into her teenage years with him? 
he's going to run out of little children at one point who are innocent enough to not realize that he sucks, how terrible (laughs) he is. I think he's going to become a very angry, difficult to be around old man because he's also not forging relationships with any of his grandchildren at this point, which I don't know, maybe Robin's kids will be the ones who continue to show him the attention that he needs so they will be rewarded in the end for it and their kids therefore will become the next set of favorites but yeah because that's interesting to throw that around too about talking about the minor children that he has all this responsibility to but then yeah not mentioning the grandkids who are also minors at this point too it's just interesting to see where his loyalty ends begins and ends Yeah, I can't believe that he really seems to have let it end with Maddie and Caleb when Caleb was almost like his own golden child, whom he did not give any DNA to. But then they moved (laughs) away, and that wounded him. I guess that was the betrayal. So, yeah, now you're out. Technically, they moved away first. That is true, but still moved further, moved way, way far away. Anyway, back to our regularly scheduled programming. It is McKelty's baby shower. It looks like it went well. We didn't see much. From what we could dig up on Instagram, it looks like it took place at the end of January 2021. Correct. So, again, timeline still seems to be fitting as far as what they're actually showing us here on this part of the show. Christine, just happy to be away from Flagstaff. Gwen and Isabel pretty much know what's going on. Truly hasn't noticed anything's changed because a deadbeat dad is still a deadbeat dad. Yeah, whether he's married to your mom or divorced... Sleeping in the bed or not, doesn't matter. Not being around, still not being around. That was really sad that she does not even notice the difference because he is never around anyway, so. So then the big push becomes Christine does not want to stay in Flagstaff. And if Cody's not going to be around anyway, there's no point. Also, Cody thinks that this whole situation with the bedroom is something that they're going to discuss later. And she's like, no, there's no discussion. You're not sleeping in my room anymore. I told you that that's my boundary. That's it. And then Christine starts to realize what that means too, because then it basically means this is pretty much over then. So what would that be to have Cody come back to her house only to then spend his time packing up his stuff and not spending time with her daughters, just finding more excuses to not come over because he doesn't want to pack up all his junk? So she's like, you know what? I'll go ahead and... I'll take that off the honeydew list. This footage was kind of weird because she seemed to be crying, but then she seemed to not actually be crying. I'm going to go ahead and say I love Christine. I'm rooting for her, but she wasn't really crying. Maybe this was just reenacted. That's what I thought, too. It could have just been a reenactment moment. It, it is a show if they weren't there to catch this stuff and then they're asking her to relive these heartbreaking moments. Well, for most people, your first thought when you're going through something like this is not let me get my phone and self-film about it. Although that is Cody's first reaction later. So we'll get to that. It's the only time he has emotions to film. So she's packing all his shit up because it's just kind of painful to have these reminders of him around the house. And then she tells us that last year after their anniversary, which she said was horrible. So sad is how she referred to it. (laughs) And I was trying to think back to it because I didn't remember it being that terrible. Because they televised it. We watched it in the last season. They had had that. They went and sat and watched the sunset. And I guess they had a difficult conversation, but it paled in comparison to the murder tarp rice crispy anniversary with Mary. So that means by Christine's standards, her anniversary date was worse than Mary's murder tarp experience. (laughs) That was another thing where Mary the whole time, remember, was like, well, what if I just kissed you? What would you do? She was like trying to push the boundary of could she get any intimacy out of Cody? And she failed. No means no. Yeah. No no means no, Mary. That was the general consensus of and the takeaway for that conversation. So after that, Christine promised herself, I will never have another anniversary with this man. So damn. Yeah, she's been planning it out. She's been uh, working towards this as a goal because we were coming up on it. Their anniversary would have been in March. Yep. 
towards the end of March. So she has been thinking about this for a while, but she's been trying to keep things looking as normal as possible for as long as possible. But at the end of the day, the situation now is the marriage is over. That's it. She can't be here anymore. She starts crying, asking what she's done wrong. All she's ever wanted is to have a romantic marriage. Can I point out that the image over her shoulder this whole time is insanely poetic as well? Tell us about it. I don't know if she intentionally framed it this way or if the producers asked her to or if this is just the type of Renaissance fair art that she typically has around. But it's actually a painting from 1900 by a British artist named Edmund Leighton. It's called Godspeed, and it depicts an armored knight departing to war, leaving his beloved. And it's actually the first of a few paintings by Leighton in the early 1900s on the subject of chivalry. I just thought that that was very interesting. Wow. Damn, you did your homework. Yeah, I Googled it. (laughs) I found the Wikipedia for it. I had a much simpler answer about what Christine did wrong. She ate chili cheese nachos in front of Cody. Well, that was like before they were married. That was when they weren't even courting yet. Yeah, he questioned everything about life at that point and whether or not he should marry her. I think that was the first time they were courting. Then she says it feels like there's no choice but to move his stuff out, which really there is no choice at this point, right? Cody has taken a huge part of your marriage off the table. I think he's trying to force her hand. That's my opinion. He doesn't look like the bad guy. She looks like the one who ended things. And it came very clear from the tell-all that that's the angle that he's going to attempt to take. Well, this is the, yeah, the takeaway that Christine just basically, she's going to pack this stuff up because she's sick of looking at it. It reminds her of Cody and it makes her sad. So does this spark joy? No, it goes out in the garage. It's Cody's junk and it's going in a box and he can come get it later because you know damn well he wasn't going to come and pack it up himself. So yeah, I'll just take care of it. They're all in the boxes and you can come scoop them up and throw them in the back of your truck or whatever U-Haul you have enough reward points saved up to come and rent and throw them in. I love that she does not tell him about it. She just leaves the boxes in the garage for him to discover whenever he comes around next. Yeah, next time he's over, he'll figure it out. He'll see some boxes with his stuff on it. He'll figure it out. Back to the COVID storyline. This is when we find out that Garrison and Gabe have both tested positive for COVID. They're symptomatic. And now Janelle and Savannah are in the car ready to get tested just as a precaution. And that was it. That was the end of that story. Well, Janelle's acting real casual about it, even though she's got a scratchy throat and she's starting to cough, but she doesn't think it's COVID. I'm not worried about it. It's like, oh, maybe Janelle, maybe you should be a little worried about it. And then you're right. We never find out what happened. So maybe Janelle had a real bad case of COVID. Maybe she's no longer with us. Maybe she never recovered. (laughs) How will we know? Probably at the tell all next week when we see her. That might be a hint. That's what I'm saying. If you're going to leave that as a cliffhanger and then still, obviously, we still see her on social media, on her multi-level marketing schemes that she's involved in, all kinds of stuff. This isn't that dramatic to go that route and cliffhang it on this subject. No. It's pointless. You just leave that until next season. We could have just kept it with Cody out in the garage because this is where we find Cody walking into Christine's garage and slowly realizing He's surrounded by boxes with his name on it and his stuff in it. This is not a Road delivery. These are boxes for him. I guess I've been moved out of the house. He's slowly piecing it together here. He's got his Sherlock Holmes hat on. He's grabbing his pipe tobacco. He's going to start cracking this case wide open here in just a minute. He refers to it as his house, which was infuriating because... At this point in time, he has sold the house to Christine for a very low sum of money, somewhere around $10, just so that she can have the deed in her name that was done back in the fall. So it technically is not your house, Cody. And he never lays claim to it anyway until now. Robin's house is his house, remember? Well, he just starts getting confused here. He doesn't know what to think because this isn't what they discussed. We discussed me not coming in her bedroom. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> I'm not allowed to sleep in her bed. That was the rule that we laid down. What's this about? 
what is this? this? These are boxes in the garage now. Also, that wasn't a discussion. That was you telling Christine that you were not going to have any intimacy anymore. Isn't that interesting? How he's upset how him being moved out of the house was not a discussion, yet him forcing them to not be engaged in intimacy anymore was not a discussion for Christine. This is just unfair. How can you do that to somebody? This isn't a relationship. I don't know what this is. He's also doubting how serious Christine is about this because it it could be just a game. She's done things like this before. She said things, but nothing ever really came from it. So maybe she just moved my stuff out into the garage and she's just bluffing. Yeah, it's weird that that's the first place that his mind goes. Is It's a power move. It's a game. It's a, It's an angle that Christine is working. No, you're being broken up with. No, this is the end of it, man. This isn't, again, this is not the beginning of the end. This is the end. It's done now. What do you think are in some of these boxes? So I'll be fair. We have to point out it was more boxes than we originally thought. Because on the trailer last week, there was about three boxes. And it was like, well, that's sad if we can only fill up three medium-sized boxes (laughs) in the garage of Cody's stuff at Christine's house. But it ended up being more boxes than we originally thought, if we're being honest. We're being fair. He has a whole box of books. A couple boxes of books. Yeah. He's got clothes. Cody's bathroom stuff. Probably a lot of hair care products. A lot of hair care. For a little bit of hair. Yeah. Less and less. (laughs) Probably some self-help books in that box from Mary about fixing your marriage. He didn't read them. (laughs) No. No. (laughs) They've been rotting for some time. No, he didn't read them. You know, he just leaves all the shit that he doesn't really care about at Christine's house. It's like things she's accumulated over the years from all the times that they've moved that she's just ended up with. How many purple button-down shirts do you think are in those boxes? Oh, at least a dozen. A lot. A lot of them. He's thinking about it, ruminating on the situation, and he decides to dig the knife a little deeper because in the end, this is really just about hurting Christine back, right? That's the, the ultimate goal for Cody. So he says he almost doesn't care about the fact that he's been kicked out of the house. And he's more worried about the karmic effects that it will have on him in the afterlife. This is where Christine has to explain to us, yeah, it's their marriage wasn't a legal marriage by any standard here either. It was a spiritual marriage from the beginning. And you can release that person spiritually. Christine sees it as it's basically between Christine and God, just like what her marriage was. So, yeah, I release you now. It bothered me that the first place Cody went was like thinking of number one, just himself. How's this going to affect me in the afterlife? Not what effect is this going to have on my children? Will this be confusing for truly my marriage of 20 something years is over? None of that. Just this might bite me in the ass in the afterlife. My planet might not be as cool in the afterlife. (laughs) And he just preached earlier about protecting his minor kids. This is true. And- On the basis of that, too, it's forcing somebody to stay with you does not mean your marriage is successful. So if you're just trapping Christine to stay married to you and be miserable, I don't think that that would be a successful marriage. You should probably worry about the karmic impact of that as well. I guess this gives us the answer as to why he hasn't officially given Mary the boot, even though he's given her all of the signs that that's where things really are. He won't just tell her to leave because of the karmic effects of it. Well, here's the thing. Cody should have been a little less anti-divorce and a little more pro-marriage, and you wouldn't be in this situation. Does that make sense? Because there's a difference between being anti-divorce and being pro-marriage. He's thinking that he should probably be bothered by this, but he's not because he is actually relieved. That's the word that he's looking for. Because this was a burden to him, having a loveless marriage. But the real problem is that he has a fear of being held culpable for his actions. So he knows that he did shit to help lead to this ultimate conclusion, but he does not want to be held responsible to it. Here's the thing that he's upset about. Uh Uh-oh, I don't know how to blame Christine for this. That's his initial action. He doesn't know how to spin this story, so it's not his fault right now. He can't find the angle. He's not there yet. He's going to work on it, though. (laughs) Before the tell-all, because I thought it was interesting, too, because when he walked in there, saw all the boxes, and again, not only just thinking of himself at first, but also his other thought that he was sharing with us was, huh, I guess I should talk to her. And it's like, no, man, this isn't the talking sign. 
you've had 30 years to talk to her about this and you're not doing it. It's over, man. You're done. (laughs) There's a reason she didn't have a conversation with you before she did it. Her mind is made up. You're done, man. He's just been treating her with so much hostility the entire season. It's so clear that they despise each other at this point. I don't see how you could have thought that there was any other conclusion, or I guess you could say solution to the situation that they were in. You know what just popped in my head, too, was the Olive Garden discussion Mm -hmm. where Christine was talking about how she didn't feel welcome at family stuff. And I think it was mostly we took it as her being around her sister wives, but I think it was probably around Cody because she even mentioned that at Ari's birthday in this episode. She felt very uncomfortable being there. Well, that's a trend in the family because I think Mary's explained that before too, that when things are not going well with Cody, she felt uncomfortable being in family situations because he made her feel uncomfortable being there. And Christine has expressed something similar. So you can't just treat people like garbage and expect them to stick around. So hopefully Mary will learn a lesson from this, but likely not. I'm not going to hold my breath. Next episode is our one-on-one tell-all. It's kind of like a tell-all, I guess you can call it. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah, we'll call it a tell-all. They're all being interviewed one at a time, which I am also confused about because we have COVID tests, production teams take precautions on other television shows. I'm not quite sure why we're doing this format. Yeah, you remember the 90 Day Fiance tell-alls that were going on when everybody was walking in with face shields on and masks yeah, and stuff? Like, there was a lot of production that was going into it. And they had, like, a dozen people on that stage sitting six feet apart. So I don't think it's a lack of space. They got the couches for it. Yeah, (laughs) for sure. I really hope that the way they're doing this is that they're coming in individually. Like, there's not a green room where the others are listening, that they are truly coming in to have a one-on-one interview in which nobody else is aware of what they are talking about. And then that will then be used against them in the rest of the interviews. That's my hope and dream. That's the goal. Because, yeah, this is labeled as part one. So that means that there's there's most likely a second part to follow there on February 6th. And then the Super Bowl is the 13th. I don't know. Are we taking a mid-season break? Are we going to start episodes back up kind of soon? Or is this it? It didn't sound like a season finale. They didn't push it that way. And it's only 10 episodes. So maybe they can come through in the clutch here. I don't know. I don't know if they just really don't want people to drop off before the tell-all situation. Yeah, so I guess we'll have to see how they advertise those. But I'm telling you, if it's only 10 episodes... In season 16, after all the stuff we had to sit through in season 14, I'm going to be very upset. At least we finally got the payoff of seeing Christine end it, because that was really what the season was about, right? So I'm sure we'll have plenty to talk about next week. We see that Cody's already trying to manipulate the host. He's doing his crazy man thing where he's starting to yell at a woman, which is inappropriate, and I hope it does not go on for long. And hopefully we can spend the majority of the time talking to the wives. I'll be honest, I'm a little upset they didn't even call us to ask if we would host this one-on-one, because I guess that would be a two-on-one. I don't want to talk to them. (laughs) Yeah, it's probably best if we don't. Thank you for listening. If you want to support us, the best way to do that is by subscribing to the podcast and leaving a review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Be sure to tweet with us about the episode at surviving underscore pod. Stay tuned. Share with friends. See you next week. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage 
for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.